ECDC On Air. The podcast of the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Keeping up to date with European epidemiology. Hello and welcome to today's episode of ECDC On Air. My name is Nicholas and uh, here with me today I have Olivier Briette, who is an ECDC expert on mosquito-borne diseases. And he's here to explain a bit more about what kind of a threat these diseases pose to Europe and the best ways to protect ourselves from them. So uh, welcome here, uh, Olivier. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicholas. I think uh, maybe first of all, let's try and establish a little bit more about what kind of diseases can be transmitted by mosquitoes. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, mosquitoes can transmit uh, several types of diseases. Uh, some can be viral diseases uh, like uh, dengue or West Nile virus, and they can also transmit parasites like uh, um, filariasis worms, uh, which cause, for example, elephantiasis, elephant's foot disease that you've sometimes seen from exotic pictures uh, from Africa, for example. And they can also uh, transmit uh, protozoans like malaria, of course, infamously. Malaria was historically the most important disease in Europe, so it was uh, only eliminated from Europe in the late 1970s. And it uh, caused a huge burden of disease in terms of suffering, so uh, not only large numbers of people were affected. Uh, so even countries like the Netherlands, uh, UK were also affected, so quite northern. But also the malaria would cause uh, suffering and, and death. So overall, I think it, it was probably historically, in terms of mosquito-borne diseases, the most important disease threat to Europe. Of course, now it's no longer a huge threat. We still have occasionally some cases transmitted uh, locally. For example, in Greece, we have every year a few cases. But compared to the, the local transmission, the biggest threat to Europeans is when they go abroad and catch the disease in, during travels, for example, in Africa, mostly, but to a lesser extent in Asia. Mm -hmm. Why was it then, as you explained, why before was it such a problem? Why did it go away? Malaria was eliminated from Europe mostly through environmental engineering, so removal of the breeding sites, so redirecting river beds and making sure that they couldn't breed anymore but also by improvements in, in housing standards, so making houses more mosquito-proof. And of course, by a combination of chemical vector control, by spraying, and also through case management, so treating people with the disease so that they couldn't transmit it onwards to other people. So this was uh, then must have been a very effective kind of campaign that was taking place throughout Europe in order to, to almost eliminate the malaria completely. Yeah, well, in, in the northern countries, some of that sort of went automatically almost with increases in uh, living standards and also just environmental engineering to, to, to get rid of these uh, swampy areas. Um, but of course, in, in, in southern Europe, there was a bigger push um, uh, to actually uh, use this vector control to, to eliminate malaria. So that's interesting. Can you explain a bit more then about the geographic spread? Is there anywhere in Europe where one should be more careful with mosquito bites than in other places? Well, in Europe, there's certain mosquito-borne diseases uh, that are more in the north. Uh, so, for example, uh, Synbis is a good example of, of a disease which is in, mostly in Finland and also in Sweden, but not so much present uh, for the south. But then um, other viruses like West Nile virus is uh, more uh, now in, in, in south and central Europe a problem. And malaria? So malaria at the moment 
is not really a problem for us. We have these sporadic cases that are locally transmitted in some southern countries, but these are really just a few handfuls uh, of cases. The bigger problem is the tourists that, that get this disease while traveling, as I said before. And, and what about uh, other diseases such as uh, Zika, Chikungunya, Dengue fever? Have we seen any cases of them in Europe? Yes, of course. So, so that is a growing problem. And it is actually quite a different type of problem than the diseases I mentioned earlier. Like uh, Sinbis virus is a virus that is imported uh, via birds. So the same is the case with the West Nile. And then the local mosquitoes, so, so the native mosquitoes, can then transmit this disease mostly in among the birds, but then sporadically it ends up in, in humans. And then we are the, we call them the dead-end hosts because we cannot actually transmit it back to, to, to mosquitoes or, or other otherwise back into, into the birds. So with dengue, it's, it's a different story. Dengue is a virus that is really transmitted by mosquitoes from human to human. But here the, the difference is that this mosquito, this Aedes albopictus, actually is an invasive mosquito. So it didn't used to be in Europe at all, but it came in the late 1970s to Europe and has spread ever since. So it was first detected in Albania and then Italy and so on. And that's how it spread all through Southern Europe, but also it's, it's um, expanding its territory north, towards the north. But you say that the majority of cases are imported. So also with, with dengue, chikungunya and Zika, we have a, a lot of Im imported cases. But then sporadically, these can or have spread to or caused local transmission. And then we get small outbreaks. So with dengue, again, this, is, this usually has been limited to no more than 10 cases per, per outbreak. But of course, once detected, these outbreaks are usually contained uh, by the public health services. So people do spraying to, to, to kill uh, any adult mosquitoes that might be carrying the, the virus but also do door-to-door do -door campaigns to do any case finding, to detect any people that might um, be sick from it and, and cure them and isolate them. And that way we can stop these outbreaks. In, in the case of uh, chikungunya, we had actually two larger outbreaks uh, already in, in Italy. So that, that went on undetected for a while. And then uh, we got several hundreds of cases. And uh, chikungunya and dengue, these uh, diseases, uh, I guess they can be quite serious, right? You can, in some cases, uh, even die from them. Yes, that's true. So especially in dengue, usually uh, when people get it for the first time, you can get quite sick from it. But uh, uh, the, the problem is with this disease that it tricks your immune system. And if you get it a second time or a third time with the, a different strain, then you could actually end up with uh, a dengue hemorrhagic fever. And this is a very dangerous disease. So we touched upon this a little bit earlier, but can you explain just then the, the kind of effect with global warming? When we see higher temperatures in Europe, what can we expect in terms of these diseases? So there's two, two aspects, really. So one is the mosquito. So the, the warmer temperatures are, are, of course, good for the, the mosquito, for its development. So it, it can uh, develop faster, reach larger populations in, in summer. And of course, if you have warmer winters, then it also is able to overwinter better. So that way the, the mosquito can spread. But another aspect, of course, is that the temperature really is very important for the development of the pathogens inside the mosquitoes. So when it's too cold, so say below 20 degrees, for example, uh, dengue virus is, is unable to uh, develop or replicate fast enough inside the mosquito for it to be able to, to transmit it. 
So the warmer it gets, the more likely it is that, that these diseases can be transmitted. Is ECDC doing any uh, sort of work with um, weather forecasting agencies or anything like that to kind of model or streamline or investigate what kind of uh, new areas these uh, mosquitoes can establish themselves in? So, of course, we are tracking the spread of, of these invasive mosquitoes. So at ECDC, we have VectorNets, which is a, a project which maps these invasive mosquitoes and also other insects that, that can be vectors of diseases, so like ticks and, and sandflies. So we have been making these maps already for, for many years, and we can nicely show how, how this has been spreading. But we also, of course, uh, have models that predict where the spread of these mosquitoes might go, go to. And we actually believe that the, the mosquito hasn't yet uh, reached its, its full geographical potential. So it, it is likely to spread further and further. So that's that's definitely uh, one aspect. And of course, we are also uh, keeping track of these uh, local transmission outbreaks of, for example, dengue and, and chikungunya. So we have the statistics. So at the moment, it's, it's still manageable, uh, what we have seen so far in Europe. But we're also tracking all the imported cases. And right now, we have a small project where we're uh, using a mathematical model to end this data linked together with uh, weather uh, from the Copernicus data services. So we, we have the temperature and, and, the, and the rainfall, not only what we've had in, in the recent past, but also the predictions for the future. And with that model, we can actually try to estimate the risk of an outbreak anytime, so during the year, but also um, geographically. So depending on whether we have uh, reports of local transmission in southern France, if that happens in uh, later in the, in the year, for example, in, in September, then we can say, well, what does this really have as potential to become a large uh, outbreak? Probably not very big if it, the temperature are already cooling. But if it happens a bit earlier in the summer, of course, it, it is a different story and, and the risk might be a, a much larger. If you're worried about getting one of these diseases, what should you do to protect yourself? Obviously, the best thing to do is to try to protect yourself against the mosquito bites. So you can uh, use uh, repellents. Uh, so topical repellents uh, or even vaporizers. You can uh, wear uh, long sleeve clothing. You can sleep under mosquito nets. You can make sure that uh, your house is uh, mosquito proof by covering the, your windows with mesh. You can also search your uh, gardens for, for mosquito breeding places like um, garbage or any, uh, any container that might hold some water. Is, 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 a, is a place where uh, these mosquitoes might breed. So that's definitely one aspect you, uh, you can do. If you travel, try to vaccinate yourself against the, the diseases that uh, you can vaccinate yourself against. For example, yellow fever, very important to, to get your yellow fever vaccination when you go to the areas where it is prevalent. Um, with malaria, you want to be taking your prophylaxis and so on. I'm thinking about malaria now in particular. There is a vaccine, as I've heard, that has been developed now. Do you think that's a game changer at all? Because um, malaria is one of the biggest killers, perhaps not in Europe, but in other parts of the world. How important is this vaccine? Yeah, so this is this new uh, uh, vaccine called uh, Moskirix now. That's the brand name. When it was under development, it was known uh, as uh, RTSS. So that is a, a very interesting vaccine so it is also a leaky vaccine 
in the sense that it protects, I think it's roughly 50% of uh, cases that are prevented uh, when you're uh, fully vaccinated. And of course, it, it also protects against uh, severe disease, but it's not a full uh, magic bullet in that sense. So, so you, you could still gain by supplementing this, this vaccine with other methods, so mosquito control or, or malaria prophylaxis. So that you, you would need more than just a vaccine. So it's one tool in the toolbox in the fight against malaria. But yeah, it's definitely a, a huge step forward and very important. Um, the things with um, malaria is that we have these effective bed nets, so the, the, the insect-saturated bed nets, uh, they, they work very well. But of course, the problem with it is that when it's very hot, people tend not to want to use them because uh, they, they block a bit of the ventilation, so it gets quite stuffy under a net. So of course, with uh, with, with the vaccine, once you're vaccinated, you don't have that issue that people uh, are, are not using it. But of course, there, there are all other logistical issues with the vaccination. So you have to get the vaccine out there, get everyone vaccinated and so on. So yes, it, it, it is very great to have this vaccine, but it, it's, it's not a total game changer in that sense. What do you see as the future for Europe here? I mean, with more increased globalized society, more travel, global um, climate change... Do you think that we will all be sleeping under bed nets in the future here in Europe? That is, <laughs> that's difficult to, to say. So, so of course, the, um, there is a threat of these mosquito-borne diseases that, that, that they become more and more uh, prevalent, and we are already seeing that. But still, the, the, to come back to the burden of disease, at the moment, the, the burden of disease of mosquito-borne diseases in Europe is still relatively small, for example, compared to... Uh, tick-borne diseases like uh, Lyme disease has a much larger burden of disease in, in Europe than at the moment the dengue and the chikungunya. Okay, well, I think that was an interesting talk, Olivier. Thanks for answering my questions and I uh, hope to have you back here at some point again. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this insight into ECDC's work. If you would like to know more, please visit us on the web at ecdc.europa.eu or follow us on social media for the latest news.